Greetings to all my tech heads out there in the Kev Techify Nation. And if you're new here, welcome. In this episode, we're going to look at configuring a Cisco IOS DHCP version 4 server. We'll be discussing the Cisco IOS DHCP version 4 server, steps to configure that Cisco IOS DHCP version 4 server. We'll go through a configuration example. We'll look at DHCP version 4 verification commands. We're going to verify that DHCP version 4 is operational. Then we'll look at how to disable that Cisco IOS DHCP version 4 server. And finally, we'll talk about the DHCP version 4 relay. This episode is part of my series on switching, routing, and wireless essentials. I'm Kevin here at Kev Techify. Let's get this adventure started. We talked about the basic understanding of how this DHCP server works. Now let's talk about how it's going to work on your network. Here we have a diagram. We have a simple network here. We have a PC that's connected into a switch that's connected into the router. That router is going to, we're going to configure that as our DHCP version 4 server here. We're going to set that up. The rest of the network doesn't really matter at this point in time, but we'll talk about that a little bit more here in a second. When it turns on this computer, we go through the Dora process. We have the discover. Then we have the offer here. Then we have the request that goes, once again, that goes that way. And then we have the acknowledgement. And so we have the Dora process going back and forth. This DHCP server is the one that keeps track of the pools. It keeps track of what addresses are being used, what are being leased. It keeps track of if we have available addresses, it hands out some additional information. Now, the steps in order to configure this, there's three basic steps to configure a Cisco DHCP server. The first one is to exclude the addresses you don't want the DHCP server to hand out. Now, when you set this DHCP server up, you probably don't want it to hand out all the addresses because when you set up the actual pool, what you do is you, you tell it to set out a whole network of addresses. So like 192.168.10.0/24. So everything on the 192.168.10 network is going to be set up to be handed out, but you probably don't want to hand out all of those addresses. You probably want to exclude some. You want to exclude your default gateway, your exit on and off your network. You probably want to exclude the different servers or devices that shouldn't change IP addresses. And that would be any servers you have on there, printers, scanners, the peripherals that you have, IP cameras. You don't want them to change IP addresses on the network. Now, if it's a client that connects to the network and then on and off, employees, employee workstations, yeah, those, they can all get that, but you, there's some devices you don't. So you wanna exclude those. The second step is define that pool name. And when you define that pool name, it actually creates that pool at that point in time. And then the third step is, let's go ahead and do the configuration on that. Now, when you do the configuration, there's actually several steps you can do, several configurations that you can do. One of the first ones is, it says define the address pool. So using the network statement, you can say, what network am I handing out? I'm handing out the 192.168.10.0 slash 24 network. Hand out all of those. 
we can define our default router. Now, I wish we wouldn't use multiple terms for some things, but here we have multiple terms. The default router, you can think of it, it's default gateway. Depending upon the operating system, one, one sometimes calls it a default router, sometimes they call it a default gateway, and sometimes that one operating system calls them both. And so when we say default router, you can think default gateway. We can use those terms interchangeably. So we can define our exit on and off the network with our default router. We can set up a DNS server that maps a, a domain name to an IP address and does that name resolution. Next one we can define here is a domain name. That is the extension that you can append onto it. So when you enter in a name, it'll search for that name on the network. So if you, if you enter in server in Windows Explorer, it'll search for a server called server. If it doesn't find it, it'll go server and then dot that or put that extension, that domain name on the end of it. So it'll go server.domain.com and try and locate that on the network. So it's just what we append to the end of the name to see if we can resolve the name that way. We can set up our lease and notice we can do minutes, hours, and days with the lease. So depending upon where you want your lease set, you can set that in there and you can also set it for infinite. I personally wouldn't set infinite. Longest I would probably go for a lease is maybe a year and that's a rare situation. But in a normal production environment, I typically would see about a week max. Normally, I might go 24 hours or I might go like eight hours for the eight hour workday and then have those those addresses get put back into my pool. Also, it depends upon how my network is functioning. If my network is stable and I'm not making any changes to it, I might go a little bit longer on the lease, maybe a day or two. But if I'm making changes, especially changes to like an IP addresses or, or my pools of addresses or the information I'm handing out with my DHCP server, I'm gonna make my lease down to hours, if not minutes, so that way it's constantly renewing and getting the new information as I update it. And so I don't have to wait that long for that new information to get propagated through my entire network. And then the last one we can set, we can set up our NetBIOS name server. NetBIOS name server, it specifies the Wins server, the Windows internet name server. Way back a long time ago, Microsoft and its wisdom said, we're gonna set up our own name server service. We're going to go against Linux and they, they've gone against Linux many times and say, we're going to design our own server. We're going to design our own process, our own protocol to do name resolution. And we're going to call it WINS, Windows Internet Naming Service. Well, network administrators, the internet just did not adapt it at all. They actually went against it. And so finally they've given up on it. And if you're running a WINS network, or wind server on your network, you're running lots of legacy equipment. Kind of feel sorry for you, but it's a legacy holdover. You shouldn't be running that in today's networks. To configure this, let's go through the configuration steps. Once again, we have the PC that's connected to a switch. 
connected to the router where our DHCP server is at. So we're all on the same local network. Our network here is 192.168.10.0 slash 24. So 192.168.10 network. All of our devices are there. First step was to exclude addresses. So we are in global configuration mode, IP, DHCP, exclude. And right here, we can specify a range of addresses. So from 192.168.10.1 all the way up to 192.168.10.9, all of those addresses from one to nine will be excluded. The DHCP server will not hand those out. We can also exclude single addresses. That's what's happening here in the second line. We also chose to exclude this. Now, personally, I would exclude more addresses than just the first nine and the last one. I would exclude somewhere 25 minimum all the way up to 50. Because as your network grows, you always seem to have more and more devices that are going to need a static IP address that you don't want to change. And so excluding more is easier at this point in time than it is down the road. And if you always have to, you can make that exclusion smaller and smaller. That's a lot easier to do. But if you exclude one to 25 right now, that's the first 25 addresses out of the 254 you can hand out. So there's 225-ish addresses you can still hand out if you exclude the first 25. But you always wanna make sure to exclude your default gateway, your default router. Then after we do our exclusions, we name our pool right here, IP address, or sorry, IP DACP pool. And then we put the name here. The name is case sensitive. So every time we refer to this in any other programming, we need to refer to it in the cases we did. So capital L, capital A, capital N, dash, capital P, capital O, capital O, capital L, dash one. It needs to be typed in exactly like that. It's case sensitive. When we name our pool, it creates that pool if it does not exist. Then you can see our prompt changes. We are in DACP configuration mode and now we can go into specifying the different things. First thing we do is we set up what network we're using. We are using the 192.168.10 slash 24 network. If we look at our diagram, that's what we're using. The addresses we excluded, they fall right in this range. They're all part of that ad network. So we've excluded the correct addresses. Next one, we, we define our default gateway. Once again, the Cisco IOS calls it a default router. 192.168.10.1 is part of the network we're doing because your default gateway needs to be on your network. It needs to be this point right here. It needs to be on your network, but it's connected to a device that will get you off of your network. Another thing to notice is our default gateway is one of our excluded addresses. Always remember to make sure your default gateway is one of it because you don't want another device on your network to dynamically get this address assigned. Then we set up our DNS server, that name to IP address resolution. This doesn't have to be on your network. In this example, it's on a separate network. It's way down over here. It's through the router where we changed it. We're on a different network. If we look at the slash 24, it's a dot 11. Our original network was .10. It doesn't have to be on it. It doesn't even have to be yours. You could put Google's DNS server in there. If you don't know, Google's DNS server is a nice open DNS server. If you're in a pinch and you don't have your own, you can use that 8.8.8.8. And they have a secondary one that's 8.8.4.4. So you can go ahead and use those. There's other ones out there. 
that's it. Here is our domain name. We can go ahead and set specify that. This is what they're going to append as they try to do the search for the device you're putting in there. So if you put in here server two in your Windows Explorer, you try to ping server two, it's going to try to resolve server two. If it can't do that, then it will append any domain name. And you can put multiple domain names in there. You put a comma and you can put the domain here. You can put something in here.com and you can list a couple of these and it'll go through and it'll append each one of these to what you put in as that name and try to resolve it. And then if it puts that on there, it'll try to resolve it locally. If it's not there, then it'll use your DNS server. And so all of a sudden you can see how all these services start to tie together. That's how we go through and configure that DHCP server on our local router, on our local area network. Verify that we've configured this correctly. There's three verification commands we can use here on our Cisco devices. We can see what our running configuration is and then we can specifically look at the section on DHCP. We can also do a show IP DHCP bindings and we can do a show IP DHCP server statistics. If we type in the show running config and then we specifically look at the section on DHCP, we're gonna see the information we just typed in when we configured it. We have our excluded addresses, right? We did one to nine and 254. We have our name. Notice it's the same case, the case will match. Then we say what network we're using, 192.168.10.0 with slash 24. We specify our default gateway or our default router. First IP address, which once again is an excluded address. Then we do our name to IP address resolution. We specify that server. You can specify multiple servers in here. So you can have multiple servers. And then we have that domain name to help with our searches. If you like this episode on configuring a Cisco IOS DHCP version 4 server and you get value out of it, and depending upon what platform you're using, please click that like button, give a five-star rating, subscribe to my channel, leave a comment. Doing this supports the channel, which in turn helps me bring you more great content. You can also visit my website at kevtechify.com for all of my details and how to get these episodes in video and podcast form. When we type in show IP DHCP binding, it's going to show us the bindings. And what the binding is, is all the MAC addresses from those, those clients that started those door processes. So it's the MAC address of the clients, what address they have. And we'll see that listed right here. This is the MAC address of the client. So this is the client. And then this is the IP address that they receive. So this client receives this IP address. And so that's the binding. We can find out, it also shows us when the lease expires. So it'll expire on this day and this time. It's automatic and it's also active, meaning it's online. So we get information about that client and what IP address it has. Once again, this is on the server on the Cisco router. Then we can do the show IP DHCP server statistics. And what this does is show us we're sending and receiving data, that we're passing packets back and forth. We get some information here. How much memory is it using? How many address pools? We've only decided, only configured one pool. 
you can configure a whole bunch of pools. Realistically, you probably wouldn't want to go over 10, but I've seen it where they've had up to 20 in there. And we'll talk about how you can do that in a second. Then down here is we can see that we've had DHC discovery requests come in. We've had four discovery requests come in. So four different times, somebody's initiated that Dora process. And then based upon that, we've had requests. We've had two requests come in. Here we can see we are getting packets in. This process is working. We have discovers, we had requests. Most of the time your requests will never equal your discovers. Full timeout, um, something will happen in the communications. Maybe you have another DHCP server. Your discover usually will be more than the requests. Now, once you get your IP address on your client, you want to verify it. In the Windows world, what we can do is we can open up a command prompt. In the command prompt, in here, in this example, you can tell we're a command prompt because the prompt starts off with C colon backslash. C is how Windows does their file systems. This is the C drive. And then we're in the user accounts and user account we're in is called student. The command we're gonna use is IP config. And then we're gonna put the option of slash all in there. Slash all gives us all the information about our IP configuration. And that's what we need to see the full uh, breadth of DHCP. When you go to confirm DHCP out of Windows box, one of the first things I look at is right here, is this line that says DHCP enabled. When you go into the PCP IP version for settings, there's basically two settings. One is automatically obtain IP address, and that's your DHCP client. You're gonna go out and actively look for a DHCP server or manually. You're gonna sit down, you're gonna type in that address. You're gonna type in 192.168.10.11 as the IP address. You're gonna manually type that in. DHCP enabled, if that's a yes, you are looking for your server. You're gonna make that connection there. You're gonna start the Dora process. You're gonna get an IP address from the server. So I always look to make sure my DHCP is enabled. Once it's enabled, then we can start looking at the other information. We can look at seeing our IP version four address. Look at that, we got an IP address. And if we remember our settings that we used earlier, to create our DHCP server, this is in the range. This is the first address here after the exclusion, because we excluded .1 to .9, this is .10. We can also look at a couple different other things. We set the default router, which Windows calls the default gateway. It's the first IP address. We identified the DNS server, 11.5. We did that, we put in a domain name right there all of our information we can get now if you'd go back and run that binding command you would see this mac address associated with this ip address when you show the bindings on the cisco router dhcp version 4 server the dhcp service on a cisco router is it's a service and you can disable the service by putting in no server service DHCP. And then you can turn it on by typing service DHCP. You can turn it off, you can turn it on. Turning it off, turning it on has no effect on the settings. All your settings will stay the same, but be warned when you turn it off, 
it erases all the bindings. You turn it back on, it has no bindings in there. But your client still may have active leases from when you turned it off. And so you may get duplicate IP addresses on your network for a while. Just pay attention to that. If I was going to do something like this, I would make sure a couple days ahead of time that I set my lease to something very short, maybe five minutes where it renews that lease every two and a half minutes at half. And so if I turn it off and I turn it back on, worst case scenario in about five minutes, they all have new IP addresses that are only offline for five minutes. If I have to do something like that, or I could very easily do it over lunch. You turn it off, turn it on. By the time they get back from lunch, they would have new IP addresses and they would never know you made a change behind the scenes. So be careful when you turn off your DHCP service because it erases all the bindings. When you turn it back on, there's no bindings there. So you may have some duplicate IP addresses for a while. As your network grows, as it gets more complex, it becomes not feasible to run a DHCP server on every local area network. Once again, we have our local network right here. PC1 to switch one uh, to the gig 000 interface on router one. This is a local area network. You may have 10 local area networks. You may have 100 local area networks. Each one of those networks, in theory, you'd have to go and configure a DHCP server on each one of those routers to get that to work. And like we said earlier, in a, in a true production environment, most people don't use their Cisco routers as a DHCP server. They have a dedicated DHCP server. Over here, we have a DHCP server, 192.168.11.6. Notice, it is on a different network. This router connects or it separates two, net, two networks. Starting the door process, we start to discover it's a broadcast. That broadcast goes to everything on the local network and stops at the router. The router does not forward that broadcast on. So how does that broadcast, that discover, get to the DHCP server? It doesn't forward it. So what we have to do is we have to help that address get to that DHCP server. Because what happens is most companies set up one or two DHCP servers in their server room, which a lot of times isn't on the same local network as all of their clients. And then you have to get all the clients to be able to communicate with that server through routers. And once again, those routers don't forward broadcast. So what do we have to do? What we do is we create something that says it's a helper address. This helper address right here, you go into the interface that's connected to your LAN. I'm gonna go back a slide here quick. Notice that for this network, the 192.168.10 network, we are on router one. It's We're connected right here with this interface of G000. So G00 is the interface connected to our local network on the router that connects us to other networks. And our DHCP server is 192.168.11.6. So we gotta get those forward in there. We put a helper address. We go into the interface that's on our local area network. Basically, it's the default gateway on our network. We go into that interface, and then we put in an IP helper address. This IP helper address is the IP address of our DHCP server. 
of the actual DHCP server. Remember, it was 192.168.11.6. This is the actual DHCP server, the Windows, the Linux, and our data center. Now, what happens is, is when it gets a request in on this interface, it then uses the helper address and forwards that to this address that's a DHCP server. It forwards it. I'm going to go back a slide again. So that, that broadcast comes into here. We have the helper address, right? And that helper address pushes that request down to here. Then it's a unicast back, so we can go all the way back here. We send out that broadcast again. So that response gets here, helper address once again, sends it through to here, and then the acknowledgement comes back. So that helper address sends that broadcast in, an, in specifically a DHCP broadcast. It doesn't send all the broadcasts. It sends just a couple of them. DHCP happens to be one of them, and it sends it there. If we do a show running config, or sorry, a show IP interface on that interface that's on our local area network where our client is, we can see that we have it up. We have the IP address. This is the IP address of your default gateway. And then down here, we list our helper address. Once again, it doesn't have to be on our network, and actually it can't be on our network because we're going to forward it to a different network. Otherwise, if it was on our network, it would respond directly. And so it will forward it here to this DHCP server that's not on our network, and then our clients can get IP addresses. Like I mentioned, that helper address, it forwards DHCP, but it also forwards several other ones, eight in total. It here, here's a list. They, they forward time requests. They attack X server that has to do with authentication. We have our DNS server named IP address. We have a couple uh, ports that forwards for DHCP, the server and the client. We have a TFTP server for sending files. And then of course we have the fun Windows name server. It forwards. These by these eight by default get forwarded by the IP helper address. You can go and you can configure the details, but usually this is all you need. It was my pleasure to provide you with this wonderful episode on configuring a Cisco iOS DHCP version four server. If you like this episode and got value out of it, and of course, depending upon what platform you're using, please click that like button, give a five-star rating, leave a comment. This all helps me bring you more great content. Please take a minute to subscribe to my channel. All of my socials are, and contact information are on my website, devtechify.com, and you can get all these episodes in video and podcast form. In the upper right is my playlist for my series on switching, routing, and wireless essentials. In the bottom right is one of my favorite videos that I linked just for you. Thank you so much for watching this episode of my series on switching, routing, and wireless essentials. Once again, I am Kevin, this is Kev Techify, I'll see you next time for another great adventure.